Boys, too, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be like you and to be out of shape like you are. Yeah, uh, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It is. You've really let yourself go. Unlike you, who are top physical right? performance. Thank you. You have noticed? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You are basically <sighs> Adonis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not Greek, but I see what you're saying. Right. I see what you're saying. That was the one flaw. Uh, in that that was the one flaw. Mm-hmm. I'm not Greek. But, hey, you know, you be you, boo. Mm-hmm. Uh Built Bar, I only say that because it makes everybody so uncomfortable. Everyone in America cringes at the same time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dog. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I eat Built Bars. Now, some would say that I might eat too many of them. Hmm. Okay. Who, who would say I that? don't my wife I don't know uh, well I can't you came here the other day you had you know three of these great flavors out and, and you were eating them seemingly like a sandwich like it was like have one you tried a, it have you tried it you're supposed to especially do. with their new like marshmallow ones you put that in the middle they are tremendous <laughs> three to five net carbs each each, <laughs> each. Uh, but they're made with real chocolate they're protein they're really good for you but the the intent was let's make a great snack let's make Make something that tastes good and then also make it healthy. Builtbar.com. Studio 8H, the Mercury Studios uh, lot here in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here today. And if you've missed any of the show, you got to catch it on the podcast. The first hour was unbelievable. An hour with uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He's one of the signers of the letter that was published by the flag officers, former flag officers of the United States. Ah, the constitutional responsibility uh, that they feel we all have and the things that we are now facing worth a listen on today's podcast, as is this hour. This hour, we are going to give two things. One, uh, the threads that seem to be uh, fraying right now in our flag. How do we piece them all back together, especially in this chaotic atmosphere that we're living in. We're going to talk about that next. And at the bottom of the hour, the people that are pushing back on critical race theory, it's about to go to the big stage. We'll tell you about that beginning in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. So as you or anyone in the know might be aware, Chamonix has decided to extend their Mother's Day special for another week. So you still have a chance to get all those amazing skincare products uh, for the special moms in your life. My own mom loves Chamonix. She's uh, going to get it for basically every year because she uses it up and loves it. Uh, order uh, the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness, which is kind of like the, the main thing you're going to order here. Then they're going to load on the free stuff because that's what Chamonix does for you. You'll get uh, the jawline treatment, the Zotique deep correcting serum, absolutely free. Uh, as an additional after Mother Day, Mother's Day gift, they're going to give you their legendary GenuCell anti-wrinkle treatment and moisturizer, also free. 
three free gifts when you order today. You can still speed that, uh, speed, uh, treat that special mom in your life uh, with the greatest skincare that money can buy. You'll see results in 12 hours or your money back. Nothing to lose, nothing to risk here. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709. They're also going to upgrade you to free priority shipping. That's today. Call or click now. Happy Mother's Day even though it's a little bit in the past, from Chamonix. GenuCell.com is the place to go to get it. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. So a guy who's been center of the battle, especially when it comes to Hunter Biden and the electronic media of Twitter and Facebook and Google being banned. Uh, he is the opinion editor of the New York Post. Uh, he was on with us last time when he wasn't allowed to talk on social media about the story that the New York Post had written about with uh, with Hunter Biden, which turned out surprisingly, shockingly, were you shocked still? Turned out to be entirely true. Stunning! I was yeah, a stunning was development. Crazy. Mm. Uh, earlier this week, I read a uh, an op-ed piece from him. Wokeism will swallow our kids unless we restore the West's great traditions. And I wanted to get him back on because I was really moved by uh, that op-ed. His name is Sorab Amari, and uh, he joins us now. Sorab, how are you? How are you, Glenn? Thanks for having me back. You bet. Uh, I want to start with your, if you can, in a in a nutshell, uh, recap the article that I was just talking about with your your kid and the radicals at your kid's school. Sure. Um, so the the op ed is is based off of my new book, The Unbroken Thread: Discovering the Wisdom of Tradition in an Age of Chaos, and it's a book I wrote for my own son, Max. He's four years old now. He was two when I started writing the book. And my anxieties about what kind of a man our culture will chisel out of him. Mm. He's, I mean, obviously he's in pre-K, but I know lots of parents here in Manhattan who, you know, come to me and whisper their anxieties. They send their kids to these elite schools paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. And um, all that kids get, it seems, is indoctrination the notion that um, certain races carry an essential sin, which is unwashable, and just not really learning anything. I mean, there was a time when you learned, you know, who was Napoleon, what were the Napoleonic Wars. As far as I can tell, all these kids do, and parents' complaint, is, you know, they meditate endlessly on their own race, sex, oh, gender, geez. and sexuality. And my argument to these parents is that actually the kind of ambient liberalism that they take for granted is not enough to overcome what they worry about. And in fact, you see that in their own lives. They complain to me, the only conservatives that they know in New York City, but they don't, at the end of the day, they want their kids to get into Harvard, get into Yale, so they will just put up with the nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that that means that we don't, we don't have a substantive answer to give to wokeism. All we have is like, well, guys, let's uphold procedures. Not, let's not be too fanatical about this stuff. But if you're facing an ideological movement with a substantive vision, which wokeism is, it's a twisted vision, but it is a substantive vision. When you're facing something like that, you need to offer something substantive in response to combat it. And I argue in the op-ed and the book that it's drawn or based on that that is the great Western tradition, our classical tradition, Greco-Roman tradition, the Judeo-Christian foundations that are the moral substrate of our regime, our, our republic. You're, you're, um, that's the kind of thing for which we should be able to make sacrifices in defense of. You are first-generation American, right? 
correct. I was born in Iran. I moved to the U.S. when I was uh, about to turn 14. I will tell you, the the Iranians that I know that moved, you know, after the, the Shah are some of the greatest uh, entrepreneurs and Americans that I know. Uh, they know exactly what it's like uh, to lose everything and to live under totalitarianism. Um, is it true you used to be a Marxist or a communist or something? That's it's the charge. Um, you know, I, I, I tell you why. Um, I, so when I was growing up in Iran, I encountered religion only as it was handed down with the iron fist of the Ayatollah. Uh, and I said, if this is, if this is religion, then it's all a fraud and I don't want any part of it. And mm. I declared myself an atheist at age 13 while still living in the Islamic Republic. Mm. And then I moved to the West, um, to the United States. And so I kept that kind of atheistic militancy as a teenager and in, into my sure. late teens. And that meant like adopting the most radical uh, version of that, which is kind of historical materialism right. or, or Marxism. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of my critics will say, well, he used to be that. It's only because I wrote a memoir <laughs> where I kind of did a tell-all. I, I, I personally, decade, so you know, I think that yeah. makes it strong. I think that makes your story stronger. I, I, I like people who have had a transformation from something they really, truly believed, because it's hard to give up things that you believe. It's not easy. Um, you have to have find new friends and and everything else. And you've done your homework on both. And you you found freedom and the American system and traditions to be what? Well, that, that it, in fact, insofar as we have a humane, decent civilization, that's a good thing. And in order to preserve it, we have to attend basically to the Judeo-Christian roots that inform it all. Because our rights-based system and all the rights that we have can take on a monstrous quality if they're not tethered to a deeper idea of what are rights for. Um, the, the classical tradition, the Christian tradition, and I, became, I should note that a decade after my Marxism, I, I, I converted to Christianity. These uh, traditions teach us that freedom is freedom to do what you ought to do. Mm. And not just my right to define everything as I please and just have the maximal amount of choices. If you have that kind of a freedom and it's not, it doesn't have a moral foundation, I've, I've seen this in my own life, I've seen it in the life of my peers now um, on, on the East Coast, rights become these monstrous things. And, and you, that's how you get the radicalism of, for example, I, not only do I want to define how I live or what my kind of clothes I wear, but I want to define what my gender is over against everything we know from biology, from Genesis, and the fact that men and women are fundamentally immutably, you know, immutably different. Mm-hmm. And you can't cross the sex boundary. You cannot become another sex. That's the kind of um, excess of freedom that I, th- I worry about as, a, as an immigrant to this country who has enormous gratitude for this country. I just worry that this new vision of freedom will actually lead to tyranny. Um, well, and isn't the new the paradox of the West? I mean, isn't the new definition of freedom? And I, I want to make it clear that I think um, the biggest freedom I have found is through my faith. And my mm-hmm. particular brand of faith has a lot of rules and regulations. You know, don't do this, do do that. Uh, and mm-hmm. so some people would say it's so confining. No, no, no. It is unbelievably freeing. If you choose to do it, 
uh, because it just makes things uh, all consistent in your life. And it is very, very freeing. The the idea of freedom now to the left is force people to do things. Uh, and you're you're free as long as you do these things while rejecting all traditional kinds of responsibility. Yes. Um, so the argument in my book, I mean, as you can encounter it in the op-ed as well, but I lay it out much at greater length in the book, is that um, that those traditional limits and restraints, like the one that your faith um, compels you to do what you choose to do, mm-hmm. those limits actually make us free. Yes. And the loss of those limits, although at first we're told that here's, here's liberation, get rid of the dead hand of the past, get rid of the dead hand of tradition and faith, and you'll find greater freedom. We find once those barriers are gone that we're less free. So, for example, one of the arguments in the book is the loss of the American Sabbath. As you know, uh, Glenn, in this country, going back before the founding of the Republic, Americans had a very clear idea of Sabbatarianism, and that one day a week you, you reserve for, for God, for the things of God, for contemplation, for being with family. And it took a long time. It was only very recently that the last kind of statewide blue law went away. And that looked like freedom, um, and it was sold as freedom. But what it really meant is, is freedom of large corporations. Mom and pop shops, small businesses didn't necessarily want it. Uh, the labor movement didn't want it. And the result isn't that we're doing more. We're just more harried. Yes. We're not, we're not uh, spending more time with it's our true. family. We're kind of miserable. And so that's just one of those kind of paradoxes, or the idea that you, know, you should always think for yourself and not be subject to any authorities whether in my religion that might be, uh, you know, the, the, the teachings of the Catholic Church or, or, or in yours, the LDS Church, don't be subject to these kinds of things. Well, it turns out if you get rid of those kinds of ancient authorities, what you end up with replacing them is not your own mind. It's, it's advertising. It's large corporations. It's big tech. You're, it's the latest ideology. Yes, I, I, I'll tell yeah. you that, you know, people, you know, you can bash religion all you want um, and even separate religions if you care to do so. I have found that most religions have 99 percent in common. Uh, and it's not that uh, it's just the religion is the way f- to help each individual uh, understand those things. I was walking down the stairs on Sunday and we were getting ready for church and my son was like, oh, I hate Sundays. And I was thinking to myself, I have to because he hasn't found God himself. Everybody has to find it on his own. And uh, right now he's going to church because we make him. Uh, but uh, I, I had to I, I thought I have to find a way to um, have him understand the Sabbath uh, in a secular sort of way, uh, because that's really all of these traditions are is an understanding. If you want to take God out of it, OK, one day. Turn everything off one day. Reconnect with what's real and stop. Just take a breath. Stop. And it does change your life. Even if it's not connected to God, it will change your life. Yes. Stop and and set aside the acquisitiveness, the competition, the rivalries, the gossip. Yes. And, and as you say, the unreality of our lives, so much of it spent uh, you know, arguing with each other and um, in the process of arguing with each other online, 
all we do is enrich, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, right. the owner of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> and right. those people, is, we're not enriching ourselves. Um, and so, and that is what the Sabbath is about. You know, Rabbi Heschel, the great Jewish thinker, called it a palace in time. Most of our life is spent in the, in the realm of space, in competition, prosperity. And those are fine. Those are real goods. But you also have to, to reserve some time for for time, for the eternal, for God. Yeah. And it has, as you say, it has secular benefits. It does. It does. Um, uh, when we come back, I want to ask you, you've said that David Frenchism has cost the uh, right, the culture war. And I, I want to delve into that here for just a second. Uh, in 60 seconds, we'll return with Sorab Amari. He is the opinion editor of the New York Post and the author of The Unbroken Thread, Discovering Wisdom of Tradition in an Age of Chaos. All right, let me, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's LifeLock. Hey, don't you wish uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, Colonial Pipeline had uh, LifeLock? Could have had a team of specialists work on that. Maybe they wouldn't have paid the $5 million ransom. They paid it. They paid it. Where the hell was our government? All right, uh... This is going to become more and more common, especially when there's no consequence. So you could be working for a company. You could have your home uh, hacked into and everything is gone. Every, you don't have access to anything. They shut down your life. You need somebody watching your security. Now, LifeLock is not going to be able to catch everything. You know, I don't think LifeLock would have been able to stop the the uh the hackers of uh, dark side however uh they do have a team that is working there to fix anything that happens uh and that's where i think the rubber meets the road and they've been in the business longer than anybody else i think they invented this category of of cyber security it's lifelock lifelock.com use the promo code back call 800 lifelock 800 lifelock or lifelock.com use the promo code back and save 25 percent 10 seconds, station ID. So, Rob, you have said that uh, David Frenchism, uh, it costs the right, the culture war. What do you mean by that? Well, um, this is a debate I had a, a couple of years ago. Um, it launched it, as as one New York Times columnist called it. It's the uh, the the essay that launched a thousand think pieces, where I <laughs> tried to identify one strand of social conservatism that I, I you know I admire David. He, he, it's encapsulated by the figure of David French. And I admire David French in terms of he's been a great lawyer for um, religious liberty causes and so forth. But um, what it does is a kind of strategy of retreat for people of faith in the public square. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that, um, you know, faith has been an element of this nation's founding. Our founding is only sensible in relation to a kind of public understanding. We may differ about the theology, you and I and others and our Jewish friends and Muslims and others, but this sense that people of faith have a public role to play and only finding, fighting on the ground of religious liberty actually corners us because it just says, okay, we just have these nutty beliefs. Let us just have our own private little sphere and not, um, um, you know, that we wouldn't seek to um, re 
re-imbue the public square with, with what our faiths teach about morality and so forth. What it does is, is it, it has allowed the rise of, of this radical leftism. Again, I go back to the theme that there is no neutrality. If that was the lesson of the past two years, um, mm-hmm. well, much longer than that, but especially the past two years and maybe the year of the pandemic, we see that this ideal, this kind of liberal ideal that you'll have a neutral public square and, you know, people who believe that there are only two sexes and those who believe that there's 127 genders will just kind of contest one way or another. We have to choose between the two. And so we cannot um, abandon th- the truth and say, yeah. Do you think that Americans understand that? I mean, this is basically what was said by the the uh, 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 flagstaff of, of, you know, all of our old generals and admirals yesterday or the day before they are saying basically you got to stand up there is no neutral this is what you're fighting and you're either with it or against it do we have that in us anymore i i pray we do uh you know i i unfortunately i think among our elites even and perhaps especially a lot of our establishment conservative at least you, you don't sense yes an urgency on their part about what we're facing and i think you know, the past four years with the treatment of uh, President Trump um, and, and, you know, obviously David French was a severe critic, but he wasn't the only one of President Trump. You know, President Trump uh, understood a lot of what was happening, but in a kind of intuitive way. And he's not a political theorist yeah. or a philosopher. Yeah. But he just sensed that the ordinary American is having a harder and harder time living a decent, virtuous life because of, uh, uh, you know, free trade deals that were very yeah. one-sided. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the, the kind of assault of the left on just what it means to be fully human, what it means to be a person of faith, all that is under assault. He kind of understood it, and and you had the entire establishment right just seeking to, seeking to sink him from day one. And so if, if, if it's up to the establishment elites of the Republican Party, I have zero hope. But I, I do will, have hope in, in the base of the party and in ordinary America. I mean, I will tell you they have every right to take uh, Lynn Cheney out, et cetera, et cetera. But this is ridiculous. We're spending so much time on this. The country is on fire. Can you guys put together a list of things that you all can agree on, that we can all stand together on and fight as one? The time is running short. Well, and it's been a, a kind of interesting disappointments. And it's, for example, I, I keep coming to this back question of, of gender and sexuality, but it's just what they're trying to make us do is help us lose our grasp on reality. About 20 right? seconds. And that's why I think it's very important to, to for, for Republican governors to stand up for the difference between Amen. men and women judge biological reality. Thank you so much. Uh, the name of the book is The Unbroken Thread, Discovering the Wisdom of Tradition in the Age of Chaos by Sorab Amari. Talk to you again, Sorab. Thank you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine you have a piece of paper that reads, good for one car, and you could take that paper to the car lot and drive away with a new car. But you don't need a car right now, so you save the paper for a rainy day. Then one day you wake up and the paper reads uh, good for four tires and you realize you should have gotten the car while the paper was still worth the whole car. This is actually what happened with Volkswagen in Germany. You saved and you got a piece of paper that said you get a Volkswagen. But then the war broke out and you didn't get the Volkswagen and it wasn't settled until the 1960s. Well, that's what the dollar is. That's what's happening with the dollar. That piece of paper says you are entitled to 
one dollar. Well, they're devaluing that dollar. Gold line. The gold is not devaluing. Uh, it is going to become more and more important. Right now, they have a special on their graded Liberty $5 coins. Those are the coins that I collect. It's a collection, uh, and it's a nice collection, and maybe you should start collecting them, too. Ask them why I'm saying that. Uh, they're waiting to hear from you. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. I have some good news uh, that I'm going to have uh, Christopher Rufo. He's a contributing editor of the City Journal and senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. The guy is a machine. Uh, he is really the the guy who first really started to expose critical race theory being taught everywhere. I think it started in Seattle, I think, is the first time I saw it. Um and then has been chasing it and uh, has some, uh, I think, some things that are coming that are very exciting. Uh, people are starting to stand up. And in fact, there's one major corporation that just kind of pulled back a little bit, which was a little surprising. Christopher Rufo is with us now. Hi, Christopher. How are you? I'm very well. Good to be with you. Thank you. So let's start with Disney this week. Uh, we found out through you that they were... They were putting everybody through this critical race training, and it was pretty horrifying. Yeah, it, it was. It was really shocking. I had multiple sources within Disney uh, leak me these documents as whistleblowers, and uh, Disney was saying that America was founded on systemic racism. It was telling employees that they had to listen to their black colleagues and not question their lived experience. Uh, it was also recommending resources where employees could take a white privilege checklist to see exactly how much white privilege they have. Uh, and it only got worse from there as things delved into politics. They linked employees to a resource that said uh, that they should defund the police, decolonize their bookshelves uh, mm -hmm. and join a local quote, white space, uh, whatever that might be. So Disney issued a statement to your release of their documents and said these internal documents are being deliberately distorted as reflective of company policy, when in fact their purpose was to allow diversity of thought and discussion on incredibly complex and challenging issues of race. <laughs> I know it's hard to keep a straight face even reading this. Um, yeah, the it, Disney it, brand it, has like a long a press release from the Soviet Union. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just breathtaking, and it's and it's and it's just pathetic attempt to deflect. But uh, the fact is, is that they confirmed that the documents were authentic. I posted the entire documents in full, so can't be distorted. Uh, and then the real switch was the, the real funny thing is they said, well, you know, we love inclusivity. We've directed films <laughs> like Lawn and Black Panther. Um, I mean, it really is that I have black friends defense. It's like, yeah. no, we're not racist. We have uh, we made Black Panther is one of our best films. I mean, right. I, you could see the corporate PR office just imploding in on itself. It was a pretty beautiful sight. Yeah. I'll say, Chris, though, they, they accuse you of intentionally misrepresenting these documents. I mean, you did post them all, but they said you intentionally were misleading people. Yeah, I mean, you know, that seems to be the go-to move. When you get caught with your pants down, you have to point your finger at the person uh, who's there. So, you know, they claim that I distorted them. Uh, you know, that's 
categorically false. I posted Mm -hmm. the entire set of documents. I did direct quotes. I posted contextual screenshots. And then the real tell, the real proof uh, and vindication for my reporting is that within 24 hours of, of making this press release, Disney deleted the entire diversity and inclusion program from their internal website. Um, so if they were so proud of these documents, if they felt like they wanted to stand by them, uh, they wouldn't have deleted them. Uh, and I think that's the ultimate vindication of my reporting. Well, pardon their pixie dust. Um, let me uh, let me ask you, do you think this is I don't know if you saw that report from was it Oklahoma? Uh, one of the teachers that uh, was very upset at Chris critical race theory being banned. And she said, I'm going to teach it anyway. I don't really care. Uh, I'll find my own way to do it. Is do you think that's what's happening or do you think they actually <laughs> got enough pushback on this to go, wait, we shouldn't maybe go there. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Time time will show us exactly where, but um, it's possible that it will come back. But I can I I can say with a high degree of confidence that it's not going to come back in the same form. And what I think the dynamics that I'm hoping to create uh, can do is that when we expose these programs, which are not diversity training programs, they're political indoctrination programs, we raise the cost on these major companies. And, and if they are getting pushback, if they're getting blowback, if they're getting heat for these things, it gives corporate executives, who in many cases probably don't even want to do this stuff, it gives them an easy out to cancel them, to reduce them, to limit them, to restrict them. And that's really the name of the game. We need to shift the incentives so corporations now pay a price for promoting these programs. Uh, and and then this gives the reasonable and rational executives who want to just focus on business. It gives them an exit ramp that they can say, well, you know, this totally blew up. We need to we need to totally rethink this program. We've seen it with Coca-Cola. We've seen it with Disney. We've seen it with Coinbase. Uh, we've seen it with Shopify. A lot of companies are now starting uh, to reverse course on some of these most destructive programs. And, but I do wonder if it's a smokescreen. I mean, you know, uh, Common Core came back to many states just under a different name. Uh, you know, we have to be vigilant because they're shapeshifters. They really are shapeshifters. Um, what are you seeing in uh, in the future? What are you seeing? I mean, I'm uh, I'm just going to come right out straight and ask you. I have heard that there are some things on the horizon uh, that people are mobilizing with, and there is dramatic pushback coming. Is that you care to comment on any of that? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I, I, I without revealing too many details, uh, I, I'm planning on continuing this series on woke capital. I have a number of major Fortune 100 companies in my crosshairs. That reporting will be coming out over the next few months, uh, and then also, you know, Republican congressional leaders, uh, leaders in the Senate, uh, leaders in uh, the state legislatures, and then also state attorneys general are all starting to really mobilize on this issue. Uh, They realize that 70 to 80% of the American public rejects critical race theory in the classroom, rejects critical race theory uh, in the workplace. So this is a very much a winning issue. And I'm starting to see all of the pieces come together uh, to build this great, uh, this great machine to start fighting back. So have you seen, because the the polls show that it's really only the uber liberal white uh, Democrats that are for this. A lot, most Democrats aren't even for this. Um, are you seeing them stand up, or is it just kind of I'm not for it, but I'm not going to say anything? 
Oh, I, I, I've sensed a, a complete shift in momentum, especially uh, within you know, elite institutions, corporations, private schools, uh, public schools, agencies. Um, what's happening is that the, the, the more that people stand up against this, it reduces the cost for others to stand up against it. So we have very courageous parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia, Cupertino, California, Springfield, Missouri, uh, Buffalo, New York is, is starting to happen, where parents and families are starting to push back, uh, and then they're giving, uh, they're, they're clearing out the way so people don't have to be scared. And I think that's really the ultimate problem that we're facing that we need to solve, is that people are terrified of speaking out against this stuff, even if they don't believe in it. And, and you know, as you said, the evidence is, is in. Most Americans don't believe in this. Most Democrats don't believe in this. And most racial minorities don't believe in this. So we have to take the initiative to break through that wall of fear that people have of speaking out. And once we do that, uh, we can go on pure offense. Christopher, thank you so much for all the work you do. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you. You, bet. you know, I'm reading this uh, book uh, right now. I think it's Daughter of the of the Reich or something. It was a New York Times bestseller a couple of years ago. I was in an airport and needed something to read. I pulled that out. And um, uh, I just I just read one of the chapters uh, last night, and it was these uh, these kids in school, and the teacher has been dismissed, uh, Jewish teacher, and a new teacher comes in. And uh, he says, you and you come up to the front. And they're both Jewish students. And the class likes them. And, you know, the main character of the book is friends. And she just can't understand how, first of all, the guy she likes, who's blonde and blue eyed, is Jewish. She's like, that's a mistake. Um, And her father is an SS guy. And... uh, Uh, they start, he takes out the calipers and he says, look at her eyes. See how eyes, her eyes are set so close. That's the sign of a shifty Jew and starts to measure her and talk about all these things as if she was an animal, not there. And just Mm. says horrible things about her and then goes to the guy and does the same thing. And it's interesting because in the in the book, at least the kids are whispering to each other. Okay, enough, because you see the girls start to cry. And at first they just kind of put up with it. And then they they start saying, "Okay, you've made your point. Move on. Um, And he doesn't. He keeps going. And the main character says, I stood up and screamed. Stop. Except then I became aware that I hadn't said anything and I was still sitting in my seat. I was glued to my seat. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. This is exactly the same kind of thing. You know, you don't speak now. You're not going to speak when it gets more dangerous. You know what they're saying about people right now, what they're saying about white people, what they're saying about Asians, what they're saying about black people, all of it is racist and wrong and evil And if you're not willing to stand up, especially in school, if our kids aren't willing to, uh, you know, uh, uh, speak out in school, an institution you and I are paying for, an institution, if they're going to the university that they or you are paying for, you think they're going to have the courage to stand up when their paycheck is online? 
Nobody's it's it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to think that you're going to suddenly have the courage if things continue to go down this road, they're going to get worse and you're suddenly going to find the courage to stand. You got to stand right now. Yeah. You have to stand right now. On last night's uh, Studios America, we went through some documents um, uh, uh, from a, a white privilege check from a high school in Pennsylvania where they go through and, and basically outline why you're you don't understand your own privilege right you know um are you able to uh, to go shopping without being looked at right mm-hmm. like kind of some of that gets sort of in that standard way um I, I can if i wish arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time i thought that one was fascinating so yes or no glenn can you if you wish arrange to be in the company of people of your race most of the time i could if i wanted to yes you could if you wanted to, what would that make you? It would make you a racist. It would make you a racist, would it not? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you wanted to be in the company of your own race most of the time, mm-hmm. that would make you just a freaking racist. And they act as if this is some privilege that poor black people can't quite get to because there's not enough black people around. Well, if a black person wants to spend all of his life with other black people, then He's thinking too much about race. Well, then that would be a an argument for, if that's true, an argument for segregation, which they are for now. Yes, that is. I mean, how <laughs> when they argue outwardly for for segregation, when they are, argue outwardly for discrimination, what do you think this is? Let me give you let me give you something we didn't get to today because I, I thought this just reminded me, you know, you're on the wrong side. You know you're on the wrong side when you're coming after uh, Gal Gadot's uh, tweet yeah. yesterday, okay, yeah. where she basically says you have the right, they have the right to defend themselves. Israel has a right to exist, mm-hmm. okay? Um, a Muslim actress, Vina Malik, uh, she, she came out and she quoted, uh, she said... Um, I would have killed all the Jews of the world, but I kept some to show the world why I killed them. Adolf Hitler. That was her tweet. <laughs> you know you're you know you're on the wrong side mm. when you're being told to deny everything that you taught you were taught was right and wrong. And not from not from just your parents. You might have had bad parents. But everything everything good in society was teaching you. All of the heroes of the past, Martin Luther King. When you're told, nope, everything they said, it's the exact opposite, you better stand up. You just better stand up. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Patriot Mobile. How'd you like to get an amazing deal just for switching your phone service? You'll not only get an amazing deal, but you'll also do business with a company that shares your values at the same time. Sounds pretty good. Head on over to Patriot Mobile. If you switch today and bring your own phone, you're going to get 50% off your first two months, plus a free Patriot starter kit. While you're there, enter to win the free phone and cellular service for life. All the details are available at PatriotMobile.com slash back. Now, Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage, uses the same towers as all the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, they have plans that will fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. 
Switching is super easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call their U.S.-based customer service. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, so a new federal judge is uh, being interviewed, and things went well yesterday, wouldn't you say, Stu? I think so. Her yeah. name is uh, Deborah Boardman. She's uh, mm-hmm. supposed to serve as the federal district judge in Maryland and had mm-hmm. an interesting exchange with Senator Kennedy. The rational basis test is. Do you know what the rational basis Thank test you, is? Thank you, Senator Kennedy, for that question. Um, I understand that that is probably the first level of review in the constitutional question, um, and Certainly, if that matter were before me in a constitutional matter, I would research the law, including Supreme Court precedent, binding Fourth Circuit precedent, and I would apply it where applicable. What is it? Can you define the test for me? I cannot sit in here right now, sir. So, now you might not know what the rational basis test is, right? Um, It was described by one expert as, this is like asking a carpenter what a door is and them not being able to tell you. Should you hire that carpenter? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. This is okay. really basic, uh, important constitutional concept, which, by the way, is not really constitutional. But is but she is she been impacted by racism in any way? That's a great question. You know, you know, getting I, accurate answers is part of the white culture. Exactly. I don't know if you know that. Thank you, Stu. Now mm-hmm. you're getting it. Thank, Thank you. you. Podcast with Nikki Haley tonight. This is the Glenn Beck Program.